and begin to give him all the glory. Our song says tonight that all the glory must be to the Lord. No man, no man, no man, no man, no man should give glory to himself because all the glory, all the glory must be to Jesus. What 
is right and what is wrong. The things that, for instance, when, you know, in a society, when somebody does something, they say, oh, this one has done something wrong. There are principles that guide. There are principles that guide. So when we talk about principles, uh, morals, we're talking about principles of conduct. Hallelujah. And tonight, I want to take another dimension so that we understand what God is expecting us to understand tonight. Can I tell you tonight that as Christians, that we ought to have principles that guide our day-to-day -day operation. Our lives as Christians is not an anyhow life. It is a life that ought to be guided by what? By principles. Christianity, I tell people, is not just coming to church. Coming to church alone does not make you a Christian. It does not qualify you as a Christian. Bearing titles in the church as well does not qualify you as a Christian. Because when you begin to look at that word carefully, you understand that they started to call the disciples of Jesus Christians because the people in Antioch saw similarities between Jesus and these people. They saw that these people were behaving the same way Jesus behaved. They saw that these people were doing the same things that Jesus did and they called these people what? Christians. Meaning what? Christ-like. Shout hallelujah. So there are principles that ought to guide our day-to-day -day lives as Christians. Morals, when we talk about godly morals, it is no longer a question of what is right in your own eyes. It is no longer a question of what is right, maybe in your society. Because when you look at things that happen around us, there are a lot of things I was, I was going through the news of, and I saw something yesterday. I saw somebody that was at the National Assembly in Abuja protesting. What was this young man protesting? He was protesting that government should Remove the ban on, on, on a same-sex marriage. So he's protesting that men can marry men and women can marry what? Women. And some people will say, ah, no problem, it's their fundamental human rights. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what is right in the eyes of what? Of God. So it is not a function of, ah, this is how our people do it. No. It is not a function of, oh, this is how our church does it. No. Oh, this is how my pastor does this. The question is, is it in line with what God has said? Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. There's something the Bible says in Jude, Judges chapter 21 verse 25. The Bible says at a point, it came to a point in Israel when there was no king and every man did in accordance to what was right in his own eyes. That is not what we're talking about. Hallelujah. So when we're talking about morals, godly morals, we're talking about principles that should guide us as children of God. It is not a function of, like I said earlier, what the society is saying. It is a function of what God has said is right. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And that is why we must be careful as Christians the way we live our lives. The Bible said in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 12 that there is a way that cement right unto a man but that the end of his destruction. And that is to say that that way may look beautiful. That way may be the highway of life. That may, way may be the popular way. But be your God because that way may be a highway to destruction. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. So we must be careful tonight. It is unfortunate that we live in times when, you know, we are so conformed with the patterns and trends of the world. There is no longer difference between somebody who is a child of God and somebody who is not. Before you could identify a Christian maybe by the way the person is dressed. But can I tell you, the same clothes that unbelievers
us where we were then. The same things that they do, we do them. When they come to office by 10 o'clock, they clock in 8 o'clock. And they say, ah, that is the normal thing. That is what everybody does. And we are proud to do that because we feel that is the tradition. The Bible says that they end their work is what? Destruction. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. I saw something in the Bible in 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 19 of that 2 Timothy, the Bible said interestingly, it said that the foundation of God standing what sure. And it bears a seal that God knows those that are his. And everyone or anyone that nameth the name of the Lord should depart from iniquity. Everyone that nameth the name of the Lord should what? Depart from iniquity. And I, made, I was made to understand from this scripture that it is possible for you to wear your garment as a child of God. It is possible for you to clothe yourself with the garment of religion. And you are still toiling with iniquity. The Bible says that God knows those that are what? That are his. And everyone that will name the name of the Lord as a matter of necessity must separate himself from iniquity. You cannot continue to meddle with iniquity and you are naming the name of the Lord. The Bible says anyone that nameth the name of the Lord must what? Depart from iniquity. We may say you are, ah, this one is a child of God. And this one is a knight. This one is a senior member in our church. This one is a bishop. This one, the Bible says God knows those that are his. You may deceive us with the way you are dressing. You may deceive us by the things of philanthropy. But can I tell you something tonight? You cannot deceive God. He knows those that are what? That are his. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Very quickly tonight, and I'm going to share with us four things that I think are very that these things are really important in helping us to wage war against moral decline. Four of them I'll mention very quickly. Number one. Four things which I think will help us wage war against moral decline. Number one is discipline. What did I call it? I was reading a book written by Bishop David Delirable. And I love the way he defined discipline in that book. And he said that discipline is acting as commanded and not as convenient. Acting as what? Commanded and not as convenient. And I looked at our life as Christians. And I saw that one major problem that we Christians have in this day is that we want to act as convenient. Nobody is acting as commanded. We are only careful on how convenient it is. Anybody that must uphold godly morals in his life must be a disciplined person. Have you not wondered why you can sit down at a place and you watch a movie from morning till night? The same person that has sat down to watch a movie from morning till night cannot spend five minutes studying the Bible. Cannot spend ten minutes praying. You wake up in the morning, you woke up late, and you look at your time, oh, it's past seven, I have to rush to work. There's no sort of prayer in the family, nobody prays, everybody rushes out. And you make the first mistake the first day. And the second day you woke up, oh, after seven, everybody rushes out. Oh, the same thing happens. And it becomes a pattern. And it comes to a point in your family, anybody, everybody, everybody works, wakes up, everybody goes for his business. There's no longer place for God in that family. Where is the place of discipline in our life? You have said to yourself that from today going forward, I must do this. From today going forward, I must read my Bible at least once a day. From today going forward, I must pray. And after saying that, maybe after the first day, you forget about that. Where is the place of discipline in our lives as Christians? Discipline is a commitment to what is right. You are committed to doing what is right, no matter what the cost is. When I saw the, the, the story of, of, of Daniel 
Je ne sais pas si vous avez un peu de temps. Quand le King a préparé un idol, et il a donné un décret, et il a dit que tout le monde a le son des trompettes et des connets, que tout le monde doit se battre pour adorer cet idol. Mais ces trois hébreux ont dit que quand la nouvelle vient au King, qu'ils n'avaient pas été battus comme stipulés par le King, et ils ont dit au King, oh King, nous ne sommes pas attentifs à vous dans ce sujet. There is nothing to debate about in this matter. Our God is able to save us. Even if he doesn't save us, we cannot compromise because we know what is right and what is wrong. Shout hallelujah. And I also saw something in the book of Jeremiah chapter 35. The story of this, the, the Rechabites. The Bible says that these men were people that were disciplined. They were too committed to keeping the instructions of their father. And what was the instruction? They should not drink wine. They should not build houses. And God told Jeremiah, take wine, take wine to these people. And Jeremiah went and brought wine to the Rechabites and said, ah, drink wine, God has offered you wine. They said, no, we cannot. We have an instruction from our forefathers that we should not drink wine, neither should we build houses. And God was so pleased with the commitment these people had to instruction. Shout hallelujah. If you must wage war against moral decline, That is where many Christians are fighting. Discipline. Disciplining your mouth, the way you talk. Disciplining the way you behave. Disciplining the way you conduct yourself. Without discipline, it is impossible, practically impossible, for you to uphold godly morals. Because of time. Number two, I talked about discipline as number one. Number two, you must give the word of God the rightful place in your heart. Everyone that wants to uphold godly morals, must give the word of God the rightful place in your heart. The psalmist said in Psalm 119 verse 11, Your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. The question we must ask ourselves tonight, what is occupying our hearts? What is occupying our hearts? Because you find out that the very things we do are product of the things that we nurture in our hearts. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every issue of life, maybe you don't like the way you behave. It is because of the things that you have, that are, that are settled in your heart. So if you must get it right in life, you must get it right with your heart. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. You must get it right with your heart. No wonder the Bible says in Proverbs 4 verse 23, Guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it flows the issues of life. Your struggle with sin ends the very day you give the word of God its rightful place in your heart. Shout hallelujah. What is occupying your heart? Paul said to the, the people in Colossians, said, let the word of God so richly dwell in you. What is dwelling in you? What contents are you feeding yourself with? Because the very contents that you allow into your heart are the very contents you will display by your words of your mouth, by your character. What is in your heart? What is settled in your heart? If we must escape the prevailing moment that the decline of our time, then we must be ready to give the word of God its rightful place in our hearts. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I also discovered from the scriptures that the word of God has the ability to shape you and make your life better. If you want to shape yourself, if you want to build up yourself, the word of God has the ability to refine you. No wonder the Bible says in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, that I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up. The word of God has ability to 
do what? To build you up and to virtue and inheritance among them that are sanctified. Where is the place of the word of God in your life? Aside the Sunday, Sunday medicine, how many times do you say, God, can you speak to me via your word? I want, it is not just reading. You meditate over this word, you sleep over this word. You get ministered to via this word. Where is the place of the word of God in your life? Shout hallelujah. Number three. Every anyone that wants to wage war against moral decline, you must dare to be different. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. You must dare to be what? Different. The world has a pattern. The world has a what? Pattern. And anybody that is ready to follow the pattern of the world, you are already an enemy of God. They will say, ah, it is, maybe your son just got to SS3. And you're looking for where to, you know, because normally what you have now is, after going through a school, when it comes to SS3, when it's, when it's time for exam, they will start looking for what they call special center. For, to register the person to write the exam. And people will tell you, ah, come on, register your son there now. The pastor's uh, child uh, wrote exams in that school. The bishop's child wrote exams in that school. Uh, the neighbor's child wrote exams in that school. And it becomes a norm. It becomes a norm, oh, because every other person is doing it does not make it right. Therefore, you must dare to be different. We were saying something the other day on radio. And we said, why is it that there is a prevalence of, you know, you know, moral, moral decline in our society? You find out that when you, out of every ten young men you see, maybe eight or seven of them are into one kind of fraudulent activity. The one you call Yahweh Yahweh. The one you call for one night. Why? You find out that our, you know, we are so patterned after that shape. You see a young boy who is in school. He has not graduated. He gets a car. He goes out and buys a car. He brings a car back to the house. The father will not ask, where did you get money to buy the car? The mother will not ask, where did you get money to buy the car? They will take the same car to church. The pastor will pray for the car and say you will prosper. And they will give the pastor an envelope. He will receive. And nobody is asking, how did you get money to buy that car? That is the pattern of the world. That is the pattern of the world. But the Bible says that this way, that the end thereof is what? Destruction. As the parents here, how have you been able to coordinate the activities of your children? They come home with expensive phones, you don't even care. They come home with this, you don't even care. There is a pattern. And anybody that wants to uphold godly morals must deviate from that pattern. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. You cannot behave like every other person and expect to keep godly morals. It's impossible. Let us be reminded. I saw something in the Bible. You see, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and 6, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Are you shining that light? Are you following the tradition? Are you following the pattern? This is how it's done in my village. Ah, this is how it's done in my town. Ah, is it the light of God that you are showing? In that Matthew chapter 5, in verse 14, it says that you are a city that you are a light, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. What example are you showing? Paul was telling Timothy, said, be an example to believers. What example are you showing? What example are you showing? Sometimes where I walk, when I look at people who are leaders in the place where I walk, when I look at their life, I say, Ah oh God, may I not be like this? May I not be like this? Where people under me will have no form of regard for me. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. As I begin to conclude, the number four thing that we must do in order, in order to wage war against moral decline is deal with 
evil communication. Deal with every evil association. The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, evil communication does what? Corrupt what? Good manners. Nothing kills godly morals like evil association. Have you not noticed that there's one particular person that you met in your life and that from the day you met that person, things have, begin, have continued to go from bad to worse in your life? Can I tell you tonight, anybody that does not add value to your life is not worthy to be called your friend. Anybody that does not add value to your life is not worthy to be called your friend. And can I tell you again, you have to be more loyal to your destiny. You have to be more loyal to your relationship with God than any friend. So if it does not add value to my life, I mean, what, why, why are you my friend? If the person is leading you to hell and you are still keeping that person as a friend because you don't want to no. Can I tell you tonight, if you want to continue to follow the path of righteousness, you must be ready to deal with such kind of friends. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. At every point of your life, you must have praise. This person I have been a friend with. There are some people that anytime you see their call, the next thing that comes to your mind is sin. Do you still associate with those people? Anytime you sit together to discuss, the only thing that you discuss is immorality. That person is, in, is taking you on the highway to destruction. And the, the earlier you deal with that person, the better for you. Before that person deals with you. I discover that your friends can do four things in your life. One, they can add to your life. There are people that add value to you. These are the kind of people we should devote our time to. There are people that subtract from your life. Something is going out from your life. Something is going out from your life. Before you knew this person, you used to eat at home. But since you knew this man, you no longer eat at home. You keep late nights. Something is being subtracted from your life. Friends, again, can multiply your life. There are people that when you meet them, they transform your life to the next level. And friends can actually divide your life. Ask Samson the impact of Delilah in his life. My prayer for us tonight is that nothing will derail us from the glorious destiny God has designed for us in the name of Jesus. I said nothing will derail us from God's glorious destiny for our lives in the name of Jesus. Therefore, tonight, if you must deal, if you must, if you must uphold godly morals in your life, be committed to keeping the right association. The Bible says that he that walketh with the wise shall be wise, and the companion of fools shall be destroyed. Let us pray. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. Ariyombo, come, Dikaya. We're awesome, God. We're eating, baby. Ariyombo, come, di. Can you sing that from the bottom paper? Come, Dikaya. Come, Dikaya.
in the marketplace, help me to be like Jesus. Everywhere and anywhere I find myself, help me to be like Jesus. Jesus. Yes. 